And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It is World Series week. This is the never-ending glory podcast MLB show. Matt Monitor, your host. I'm here with the triumvirate of Luke Conley, Nick Schillig, and Sean Z. Gentlemen, welcome. It's tribe time. We are, as we sit here, um, less than 24 hours away from World Series game number one in Cleveland. How's your emotional state right about now as we get ready for uh, another championship round for one of our professional sports teams? I cannot wait to be in attendance tomorrow night. So pumped. Cannot wait for the atmosphere. It's going to be awesome with the with Cavs fans up there for the opener for them and, and getting their rings and whatnot and then being able to, to watch game one of the series. That, it's going to be an awesome night. Can't wait. DVRs galore going. I got the game. I got pregame. I got Cavs. I got the after, all that stuff. We got the whole the whole squad other than Shell, right? That's correct. Yeah, I, I'm partying my house about 12, 12 guys coming over. So, yeah, emotionally, I'm pretty much a train wreck. Train wreck. Took uh, two nervous poops today, so that's probably only going to double tomorrow, so probably four. Ooh. For any of you that don't know, that first one usually is, has, is of some substance, but the the next one, question. Next one's a questionable. What what really comes? You need, out you need a casserole to kind of fill things out. <laughs> Thicken that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad you said that about the recording, Sean. I got to make sure I get my DVR set as well. Uh, and, you know, I didn't do it the last two rounds because it was TBS, and I did not want any part of what those yahoos were saying. So uh, we get Joe Buck this round. So uh, the, uh, we get Harold Reynolds too, don't we? Is is he on there? Uh-huh. He's not on the actual game, or else that would be epic. But, yeah, just get ready for this Fox announced team because it's nowhere near TBS, but they love themselves some Cubs. Javier Baez is the next Stan Musial, if you listen close enough. Hey, I'm fine with that. It, 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 they can talk to Cubs all they want. We, we can shut them up just like we did the last two rounds but with our play. Yeah, um, I mean, so, you know, that stuff has a way of taking care of itself. It's just – Hopefully the weather maybe kind of, um, you know, affects the whole scene, affects hitters a little bit. And, uh, you know, certain guys like hitting in cold and certain guys don't. You know, maybe they got some divas. Well, let's hope. I mean, I feel like as I was driving around today, I felt like the same way I felt going into the Boston series and the Toronto series. I mean, nobody's picking the Indians to win. Everybody thinks that the Indians will be fortunate to even get it back to Cleveland for game six and seven. It really seems the same to me. As going into Boston and Toronto, and and the same kind of blueprint applies. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, so I don't want to just nail this point over the head. But if the Indians have to play from ahead, they have to win. You would think, obviously, at least one, but you'd have to think they would like to get these first two games at home and, and then force the Cubs to have to sweep in Wrigley. Otherwise, they're coming back to Cleveland down 3-2. But uh, these first two games are huge, and, um, you know, we faced lineups that are at least as scary or scarier than this Cubs team. I know they're hitting the ball really well the last few games, and they've been the best team in baseball all year, you know, record-wise. But Boston's lineup, Toronto's lineup, has some scary bats in there as well, and we've been able to shut them down with our pitching. So, you know, I feel oddly confident, just like I did the last two series, because we've just found ways to scratch out wins, pitch just well enough, hit just well enough, manufacture just enough runs, and turn things over to our bullpen late and scratch out you know, three, four wins in a series when we need to. I, I feel like uh, this is just kind of deja vu. This is just the next obstacle on the list, and the Indians are going to be just fine here. I, I think the biggest difference for me 
is the rotation that they're up against. Uh, what they saw in Boston, obviously Porcello had a nice regular season. Not a guy with overpowering stuff. Obviously Price has had his issues in the postseason. Then you go to Toronto, and they had some nice guys, uh, uh, one through four, but it wasn't anybody dominating. Uh, when you look at the Chicago rotation from one to four, it's really deep. Lester's been very good all year. He was He's been phenomenal in the postseason. Uh, you have Jake Arrieta, who obviously was – who's been a Cy Young candidate the last couple of years. Obviously, Kyle Hendricks has had a great year. And then John Lackey, who's you know a pro's pro. He's been very good in the playoffs in his career. These are four guys with playoff experience. These are four guys that can go six, seven, eight innings if needed. Uh, and they definitely have more overpowering stuff than I think what they saw in those first two series. And I think that's my biggest concern coming into this. I think our pitching contained the bats. It's, uh, it's, it's are we going to be able to get to these starting pitchers um, and be able to score enough runs in the series. Yeah, and, and when they turn things over to their bullpen, their bullpen also is, has a lot of depth and some really good arms out there as well. They actually have three lefties that they use, you know, Travis Wood and Mike Montgomery, and then obviously Aroldis Chapman, who's uh, one of the better closers in the game. Uh, and then, you know, they have Edwards, Rondon, and Strope from the right side too who have some power arms that have been solid for them all year as well. So uh, they have a strong pitching staff from top to bottom. Uh, but, Sean, who, anybody in particular worry you from this group that they have? From a starting pitching perspective, it's, it's Arietta, um, just because of how well he matches up with his stuff versus kind of our lineup. We, you know, we'll struggle more with the, the hard throwers, the fastball guys, unless we've we've kind of seen them or can kind of advance scout them like we did with Verlander throughout the year and actually the past couple of years. Um that said, maybe you make Ariana make some pitches here and there, but he, he's the one guy where, particularly if, if we can jump out and get to Lester, Arietta settles him down in game two. It's 1 1 back to Chicago. Maybe, you know, maybe we get one there. It's 3 2. We're starting to feel a little good. We're back home, and Arietta stifles us, you know, in a game six or something like that. He, he's maybe the one guy that I'm a little uneasy with just because at least. You know, not maybe not this past year, but the year after, the year before that, the pedigree is there. Um, certainly, to be able to shut down a lineup like ours, at least um, you know, without how we've not necessarily broken out or produced um, or strung together, you know, all that good of at bats um, through stages of the postseason. And then you know, just again with Arietta, he, he's a guy that if he gets the ball down. Um, consistently stays in the lower portion of the strike zone. And then with our lineup, interestingly enough, when he misses, if he misses out of the strike zone up, you know, to guys like Naquin, Chisenhall, um, Kipnis, you know, th- those guys will chase and they'll chase upstairs Napoli. Um, so he can throw that hard stop up out of the zone where he won't really get, get handled. Um, now, will he slip and maybe dip a little bit and, and you know get something on the top half of the zone and guys can get through it? Yeah, he's he's susceptible to home run balls. But, you know, how well is the ball going to be carrying on Wednesday night? Um, and then, you know, he's he's here for both, both games more than likely. And, and if this week's weather is any indicative of next week's weather, um, you know, it, it could present some challenges. That said, if we get to game six um, – then we got a shot or as good a chance as any. And, you know, I'll take the guy in our dugout versus that other clown over in the other dugout to see if the Indians team has, has kind of given the Cubs any looks here over the past uh, six to eight weeks. Like, obviously, they did with, with Boston and Toronto, and particularly in that Toronto series. So, um, 
it'd be interesting to see how that how the adjustments are made then throughout the series after that. Well, um, just go off kind of your point. I do agree. I, th- I think um, the Cubs bullpen is actually deeper with those six arms that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have the top two, but then after that, I, they're a lot deeper, especially when we go to game three, game four, game five, where Miller, Miller, and uh, Allen might not be able to go four, you know, four, four and a third combined because they might have to hit. So that's an interesting thing with. Uh, their depth being a little bigger. Um, yeah. I also think a, another major point is, and this has kind of been Sean's point uh, through our text messages here, is if we get a lead, we give away a lot of at-bats, as, as Sean will say. So I, I really think the key is when we do get the leads that we have, we do need to tack on, have better at-bats with the lead because much like the Royals last year, if we can keep that invincibility factor where if we hit the sixth inning, the game's over, um, you know, I think that's really going to benefit us. I, I think the key to the series is we have to get four leads going in the sixth inning yeah. and then turn over to M- Miller Allen, see what happens. But m- much like the Royals last year, we need to keep that invincibility. That's why I think we need to tack on, if it, you know, two, one head to the six, tack on a couple because we can't expect Miller and Allen to be perfect through. Well, what I'll say, though, is you, those guys will just hit and you just give away their at-bats because we give away at-bats anywhere, anyways. Um in, in the past few series. So in some respects, um, you just let those guys hit and, and that way you can keep them on the mound. Yeah, I totally agree with what that's what Tito's going to do. It's, yeah, I agree with that. The blueprint is pretty simple, though. He wants Kluber to go long. Then game two, you can exhaust all the bullpen. You get a day off. Then, you know, game three is the tricky spot because that's one where you, you need – Tomlin to be extended so that then you, you have the bullpen somewhat safe for short rested Kluber for short Kluber. And that's, I think why the big reason Salazar was added is if, if his stuff is all right, he can give you two innings um, to kind of bridge in the middle part of the series, three, four or five. The one thing I'm really interested to see is if this series happens to get into six or seven games and Bauer takes his second turn on rotation or Tomlin, whoever it is throwing game six, is obviously Tomlin and Bauer have given us good playoff innings to this point, but what happens if they face an opponent a second time? What happens if we get into the series, games six and seven, and we're in tight games, and Miller's thrown a lot in games one through four and, and one through five, and so is Allen? We haven't had the we haven't had to go deep in a series yet, so we haven't seen you know, Miller can't throw two innings every game, and Tomlin's been great the first time through. What's he going to do? Like I, I'm curious to see how if we hit fatigue at the end of a series, because we haven't had to experience that yet. We played three, four games, five games, and then had a week off and we've been able to kind of recharge our batteries. Now, if it goes six or seven, you got guys that might be exhausted. I mean, a lot of guys, especially that bullpen has done a lot of innings to this point, even in the short amount of games that we played. So I'll be curious to see if this thing does get late, what, how, how that dynamic changes. And, and, and if we continue to see the same things that we've seen early, in these first two series, well, but just in talking about this, this isn't—we're not painting a very positive picture. No, the same no, no, token. no, the extent where it's like, man, I wish we had Cookie because yeah. you know it's, he's just someone you can totally depend on. But hey, we're playing the hand we're dealt. Yeah, and and you know, to Luke's point, if it goes six or seven, you know, you have the off day after Game Five, and you're coming home for two, so that you know any exhaustion you might feel, I think, is is lessened a little bit with the fact that you have an off day and you're going home to a crowd that's going to give you unbelievable emotional lift, you would think, in game six and seven if we get to that point. So I, I like that. I know people say home field doesn't matter in baseball, but I think for this team in particular, it does matter. 
I just do think it's interesting because it's an unknown. We just haven't seen it yeah, yet. Yeah, no, no question. No question. With, with, with the makeup of their roster right now, the, the way that it is. And, you know, we also haven't seen the Cubs face a true, you know, backs-to-the-wall situation yet in the postseason. I mean, they've been close a couple of times. I mean, the Giants also almost had them beat in Game 4 or would have pushed it to a, a winner-take-all Game 5. You know, the Dodgers... If they would have gotten a better outing from Kershaw, maybe would have put a little pressure on him. But that that game Saturday night in Wrigley was never close. It was just a big old party. So we haven't really seen a true back to the wall situation. It's going to obviously take a few wins for the Indians to get to that point. But if they could get a couple on the board at home like they've done in the last two series, I mean, it really makes things interesting going to Chicago. Well, you hope that they can get on on base. I think that that's the key as, as far as you know the Luke's point about tacking on. You, you got to get on base against Lester. Put a little bit of pressure on them uh, defensively, and you know maybe open up some extra holes if if you're running the base pad. So they got to get the right guys on the base bases too. Um, but it, it, you know, I think the key ultimately will be. We just have to weather some spots. Um, yep. you, you've got to get through a couple key points of the lineup. I, I feel pretty confident with Kluber. Hopefully he's just not too overly amped up. Um, but defensively, you know, we obviously put together you know, a strong defensive unit. Uh, I can't imagine that the Cubs are better in that department. And the, the strange thing is, if you had said all, along, all season long, you know, the Cubs were there. But the Indians played in a tougher league. The AL was vastly superior than the NL. Yeah. And to get through kind of that powder keg and, and get through it the way that they did, um, I think there is a level of, of some sleeping on, on the Indians here, and in part because of how the, Dod- or how the Dodgers poorly they played the last two games yeah. and how this, the runs and numbers the Cubs put up the last two yeah, games. Yeah, their, their lineup really came alive the last three games, and, and you know, much has been talked about Anthony Rizzo and his struggles earlier in the postseason. He started to hit. Um, Javier Baez has been kind of America's you know, prodigy here for the the whole playoffs. Everybody's kind of fallen in love with him. Addison Russell's been hitting the ball better. You know, Wilson Contreras went yard the other night. Yeah, their lineup's good top to bottom, but again, it doesn't scare me any more than Toronto's did or Boston's did. I think all these guys can be pitched to. They did lead the major leagues in walks, but they also strike out a lot. Well, and, and a lot of those walks are the top of that order. Yeah. Rizzo, Bryant, Fowler all have really good walk rates, and Ben Zobras does too. But it's going to be similar to what – I know Baez has had a good series or a good playoff so far. You mentioned Russell. Those guys in the back half are more of a free-swinging group. So if you can get get those get ahead of those guys early, and you know they're going to chase. Javier Baez does not walk. Wilson Contreras does not walk. Addison Russell does not walk, so you get it's kind of a, a split. It's similar to what they've seen in the first two series. Yep. You're going to see a really top heavy uh, order in Chicago. I mean, they do have some potential in the back half, but it's it's a tale of two two ends there with the front half there being a lot more patient. Well, free swingers, you you can have uh, five pitch innings too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Which the Indians are going to need plenty of them. Maybe we can get uh, Joe Madden to play Jason Hayward every game. You think we can do that? That'd be nice. I mean, Shil, what are you seeing from the Lions' perspective? Um, some initial money is on Chicago. I mean, it's about where we thought it would be. The odds open up the Cubs were minus 190. Um, that moved up to minus 205. So I pretty much guessed it would be minus 200. So it's not surprising with what the media is saying that the early money is on the Cubs. 
Uh, game one super important. It's a pick 'em right now. So that pretty much shows that if Kluber at home is a pick 'em, you can only imagine how favored they're going to be uh, going forward, especially games three and five or whatever game Kluber doesn't pitch. Uh, we'll be pretty big dogs. Actually, um, the Cubs were number one in run saves. So defensively, they might have the edge. I think the infields are pretty even. I think where the Cubs might have a little bit of advantages in the outfield. Now, if Hayward doesn't play, that takes away from them defensively, but they're a pretty solid defensive team too. I can't, I seem like I'm the bearer of bad news, you know, talking the Cubs up over here. So maybe I should join the national media. I mean, listen, if you want to just Look at the the lineups and the rotation. It's obvious who's who's favorite. I mean, Chili, you talked about the lines in games three and five. That's going to be Hendricks in game three and Lester in game five against probably not Kluber in either one of those games. So that's yeah, you're right. That's going to be a big big line in favor of the Cubs in those two games. I mean, Kluber's going one four seven. Wouldn't you guys agree on that? Yeah, I, I think Olney almost came out with it pretty obviously today. I can't envision a scenario where honestly. He, it's so strikingly similar to Toronto. I can't envision where you would hold him until five, knowing then you don't have a stopgap. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you want him to, you want him to pitch game seven. I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I'll put it this way: if 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 we're back in Cleveland, then I'm excited about where we are. Yeah, I agree. Even if we're down, if we're down, if we're down three two, but we're back in Cleveland. Heading into six, and then you know the big guy in the bump in in game seven. I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll, I'll I'll buy that right now. I'm sure we'll get into this, but that's why I was a little surprised that Tito's kind of penciled in Bauer for Game Two. I don't think uh, he wants where, him to hit, and I, and I don't think he wants him to pitch in regularly. Well, I understand that, but then that puts that puts Bauer pitching Game Six though instead of Tomlin. And I, maybe it's just me. I'd rather have Tomlin pitch Game Six, not knowing what's going on with that finger, because that. that That'll put Salazar or Merrick probably starting game five. And Tom McKay can't come back in short rest and pitch game six, I'm thinking, if he pitches game three. That could change, too, depending on his finger. He may not be ready to pitch on, on uh, Wednesday. He might have to bump it to Friday. They did say that. Well, if it's even a question, it makes sense to bump him to three anyway because he gets the extra day off. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, truthfully, you just bump him to five. Well, yeah. 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 And then, and then what? Three would be uh, Merritt slash Salazar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem is, they don't want to do that because they don't want to do that in game three. They want to do that in game five with an off day the next day. Yeah, I mean it. It's just we've got two and a half pitchers. Yeah. We have two and a half starting pitchers right now. So that that's why when you get a little uneasy with it, and we talk and no oh, Cubs are this defensively and they got this pitching staff and they've got a, you know fairly vaunted lineup it doesn't look nice when you kind of cut it all those different ways but screw it you know well, still got to play between the lines i mean in fairness we painted this similar picture against toronto i mean Sean, you were sitting here saying that you wouldn't be that you're saying that your head said toronto in 5 and i think if you sat here and said your head says the cubs in 5 no one would say that's crazy but at the same time, you know, Tito has been saying all year and, and throughout this playoff run with all the injuries we've had that their mindset has been, we just got to go win today. And that's it. If you look at it that way, and he says this all the time, if you look at it just in that vacuum, we got to win a baseball game today, it's pretty doable. The Indians have done that 100 times this year. And, and you say that, and you, and you know in three of those games, in three of those days, you're going to have your best pitcher that every time he's there, you think you're going to win. Yep. 
So when you kind of frame it that way, it's a little bit more enlightening from, from a tribe fan's perspective. And there's a ton, a ton of 1988 Dodgers with this team. Through how they went through the playoffs, it just kind of just they don't really have a bunch of superstars. They got some ragtag guys that have put together and had some semi rejuvenated career years. There's a lot to that, and that was the same team that Oakland, this big bad Oakland team that's going to win all these titles. Um, they went up against, and you know, obviously, we all know what happened uh, with Gibson and 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 that team, Lasorda and Hershiser. There's a lot, a lot of similarities between the 88 Dodgers and, and this Tribe team. And I think if we record this tomorrow night after after a Tribe win, we, we we'll will have a little different feeling on that. So. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think we all would be, so we might want to do that anyways. But if it's one nothing, Kluber goes a little bit deep, and we got a full bullpen for game two, we're in the same spot we've been for Boston and Toronto. If we get the first two at home, we know we know where we can be heading, guys. Yeah, you gotta find a way to make it ugly. Yep. You, you make the game a little ugly and muck it up. Yeah, that's that's maybe the hope. And it's uh, you know it's going to come down to traffic on the bases. Um, I, I pulled up the steals number. We had 134 steals. They had 66. So they're not Toronto sitting around waiting for three run homers, but we are a lot better on the bases. So get traffic on the bases, like you said, Sean, the right guys. And we've drilled this point to the ground where we can just steal and Lester all day, but I think we can get after all their pitches, all, all their pitchers on the base pass. I tend to agree with you. I would love Rajay to have a good game tomorrow night. That would be so, so good for his confidence. He hasn't been swinging the bat very well. You know he's probably going to be in the leadoff spot against the lefty. He get on base a couple times and cause some havoc and give guys like Kipnis and Lindor and Napoli a chance to drive him in. That would be huge. Uh, Luke? Key to the series for you? I think we have to get to their pitchers early. I was going through some of the box scores uh, earlier tonight, and you know they closed out game six of that last series with Hendricks going seven and a third, and then Chapman going the last inning in two-thirds. I think their strongest, I know we talked about their bullpen being pretty solid, uh, but I do think their strongest, and they can get their starters to go six or seven and then use Strope and and Chapman there in the, in the seventh and eighth and ninth innings there. I think if we can get to those guys early, and, and make them bring in the Montgomerys and guys like that in, in, in the fifth and sixth inning, I think that really bodes well for us. I think it kind of takes them out of a, a rhythm of what they want to be in. For instance, you know, for us, the Indians, we want to make sure that we get into the fifth or sixth of the league so we can just string out our bullpen. I think they're going to be a little bit different. They want longevity out of their starters. So I think it's big that we get to Lester and not let him throw six or seven and get to Hendricks and not let him throw six or seven and really tag that bullpen early and get to some of those mid-level guys who I don't think are as good uh, as their back-end guys. So being able to hit that weaker part of the bullpen consistently in this series I think will be will be significantly important. Yeah, I mean, Lester's been um, one of the better postseason pitchers that we've seen in the last couple of decades. His, his World Series performance in 13 was dominant as well. Hendricks, we've talked amongst ourselves about how good he's been at home. I think he has about a 1.32 or something like that ERA at home this year. And we're facing him and Wrigley in Game Three. Arietta's kind of the wild card here, I think, because you know, as Sean mentioned, he could be the guy that gets right. And when he's right, he is as dominant as anybody. But he's also been erratic at times. His his command hasn't been there, and he's been hit. He's been he's shown some cracks this year where he can be hit. Uh, and that's a guy we're going to be facing in, in Game Two, and maybe in Game Six at home. He's not going to get to pitch in Wrigley, so he's kind of the wild card here. I'm going to be very curious to see how he looks in Game Two. Lester, so far in the playoffs, two and zero with a .86 ERA. 
Hendricks is one and one with a 165 ERA. I was looking on the day to see what the big difference was. Obviously, Arietta's ERA, his season this year overall wasn't as good, and you kind of hit on it there, Matt. The command wasn't there. The big thing with him early in his career, he was a pretty big prospect, is he just couldn't throw strikes consistently. And last year, he was unbelievable with his control, did not walk a lot of guys. And this year, kind of crept back in, and we walked 70-some guys in about 200 innings. Uh, so doesn't have the same command. His ERA's been uh, just over four and a half here this postseason and 11 innings pitched. Obviously, it's a small sample, but he's not the same guy. He's not the Jake Arrieta Cy Young winner, uh, you know, who's been a Cy Young candidate the last couple of years. He's definitely more hittable because he just hasn't been able to place the ball where he wants as consistently as he did in 2015. Now, they probably do have the Cy Young winner on their staff, though, and that's Kyle Hendricks. And, man, he... I just like watching him pitch. I don't know what you guys think about him, but I compared him the other night to a, a better version of Marco Estrada. He's very efficient. Yeah. Now, he threw 88 pitches on Saturday, and he probably could have finished the game. I don't, I'm not really sure why Madden even took him out when he did, but uh, he he could have easily finished that game himself. He was dominant. Uh, and they also probably have the MVP as well, which is another reason why everybody's probably picking against the Indians. They have Chris Bryant. He's probably going to win the MVP, and, and Hendricks probably going to win the Cy Young. But... Uh, you know what, Schilling, Hendricks doesn't get to pitch every game. He only gets to pitch two times. So your keys to this series in your mind. Uh, mentioned a couple of them already, but, you know, leads going in the fifth or sixth inning, being able to tack on. I mentioned in an earlier pod, really like what the top of our lineup has done, but really looking for production throughout the lineup, even if it's just getting on base, stealing a couple, just manufacturing a run at the bottom of our lineup. And when it comes to the intangibles of this, Sean mentioned this a lot as well. Our advanced scouting, Bryant's not a polished finish hitter yet. Neither is Rizzo. And I, I think Zobris is their most complete hitter. But like, like Luke said as well, they got a lot of free swingers at the bottom of the lineup. So I'm going to trust our advanced scouting, Roberto Perez behind the plate. And when it comes to making big decisions, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, I'll trust Tito over uh, Madden over managing, which kind of just proves the point of why he pulled Hendricks after. 88 pitches to get Chapman in there. So Madden loves overmanage. Everyone loves him, loves all the sweet stuff he did in Tampa with uh, you know a bunch of young players. But I'll still take Tito in this series, guys. Yeah, I agree. Madden, he, he loves dressing up in costumes and Halloween and guys running around in their underwear and thongs and stuff in the locker room. It, I'd rather you just go manage your ball club. And, and all that other stuff and the 50 different glasses you wear throughout the season. It's just obnoxious. Shut up and just do your job. Uh, but, I, you know, I think watching the, the first few ABs, or at least the first couple times to the lineup, I mean, I, I told you guys, maybe even prior to the Toronto series starting, but then in the stadium, that I was really, you know, frightened by two, two and a half guys in that lineup. Um, and, I don't want to sit here now and say, okay, who am I scared of? Because some of it is, is who's going to react to the World Series lights? And, and we know from 95 and 97, you had these guys that dominated through the season. But now we're talking about a very, very small sample size that can work for your favor or against you. And sometimes it's confidence, you know, who's clicking, who's not. You know, I look at a guy like Lindor with the lights on at this stage – he could be all geared up. That could work to your advantage, or he could chase pitches like you know he did in Game Five. It, so it's just you know who's going to be able to slow the mechanism down, who's going to be able to kind of focus and do what they've done you know through 162 and and the rest of the postseason. So I think it's it's kind of ironing out those jitters. Um, 
And I, all, truth be told, I'm, I'm not terribly sure are, are certain guys on our team going to show up or not. Um, you know, what, what's Tyler Naquin going to do on the stage? Now, I actually feel pretty confident with, with the Roberto Perez. Is Jose Ramirez going to kind of bust out a little bit? Um, you know, is, is Nap out of his slump? Is Chiz going to kind of continue to be consistent uh, and, and solid on on defensive and, and at the dish? So there's there's question marks. Is Kip Ankle, you know, is that going to affect it at all? Um, it might limit him in the run game. You know, how, how are we able to stay close to what we were all season, or, or will the World Series stage be a little bit too much for us or vice versa for the Cubs? Matt, you kind of mentioned in our uh... – in our chat about how just overwhelmingly happy, not that you shouldn't be, but the Cubs kind of, when they, when they clinched, it was like they won the world series. Yeah. Just some of the reactions and, and, and the feeling to it. I just wonder, not that they're, you know, not that they're pleased with where they're at and they're, you know, they're going to fade or anything, but the idea of so much pressure to get here, do they kind of lose focus a little bit in that yeah, regard? It could, yeah, it could go one of two ways. I mean, either either you're so overwhelmed by the emotion of, of having gotten there that you kind of let down or you, you, you relax and you just play. You know, that could be one of two ways. I, I can't imagine them playing a whole lot better than they played the last three games against the, the Dodgers. I thought they were really impressive. But, you know, I, I did wonder sitting there wa- watching them celebrate the way they did. And the fans, you know, you can you can see why. This is the first time they've been in the World Series since 1945. But we didn't exactly love the Dodgers either. No. I mean, that, I've never, they, they didn't beat the 27 Yankees. No, and I, but I've never seen a celebration like that for something that wasn't a championship. That was bizarre. Agreed. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that kind of, you know, if that if that ends up being any sort of indication of their performance here uh, in the World Series, hey, bars stay open late in Chicago. Hopefully, they tied it on for about all the way through Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so too. Um, it's time for rubber to meet the road. Let's get it. Yep, yeah, let's get a prediction. Uh, I'll start with you, Luke. All right, I, I, you know I feel like the deeper this series goes. I, I like the Indians' chances. I, I think if it gets to six or seven and the Indians have a chance to close it out, we have not seen the Cubs with their backs to the wall, with all the history that they have hanging on their shoulders. I, I think it goes one of two ways. I think either the Indians win in seven or I think the Cubs win in, like, five. Uh, and I, I'm going to take the Indians in seven because I, I, I love the baseball that they're playing right now. Nicholas. We're going to keep this reverse jinx train going. Uh, I picked Boston. I picked Toronto, so I'm not going to stop now. So give me uh, – mark me down for Toronto – or sorry, jeez. Jesus. I thought we said – I thought we <laughs> said that. Fart- that was a farty moment. Yeah. Hey, give me Texas, Texas A&M. <laughs> yeah, Texas A&M. Are they playing in this series? <laughs> give me give me the Cubs and Six. All right. Uh, this is anguish, man. Um the the head again says I actually like the Cubs in six a lot with Arietta getting getting two wins and maybe even World Series MVP. Yeah. But Henry Ruengarden was a punk bitch, and I'm going Ricky Vaughn. I'm going Tribe in seven. Screw the South Siders, North Siders, whatever side they're on. Place is a dump. It's time for the Cleveland to rule the land. Bulls suck. Blackhawks suck. White Sox suck. Cubs, you about to suck too. You forgot the, the Bears. Bears. They, blow, suck worse. Blow. They, they suck worse than any of them. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm taking the Tribe in seven. I, I picked uh, the Tribe in five in the ALDS. I picked the Tribe in seven last round. 
I'll stick with that theme and pick the Tribe in seven again this round and hope that uh, the, the luck continues here. Uh, fellas, I can't wait for tomorrow night. It's going to be an incredible experience uh, up there. Of course, we know the Cavs are getting their rings and, and raising the banner across the street. That's going to happen about a half hour before first pitch. That's going to be amazing as well. And uh, I'll be in the stadium parked somewhere ready to uh, explode at about 8.08 p.m. So, uh, gentlemen. And hopefully next week we're talking at this time. Maybe uh, this is Monday night. Hopefully we're talking next Monday. And we're just gearing up for a six and seven, or maybe just a six. But um, you know, fingers crossed for that. Fingers crossed, boys. Uh, it's been real. Love talking baseball with you guys, and uh, I think we can collectively say go tribe. And uh, we'll hopefully get a pod going here, like Sean said, next week after uh, the first five games to see where we're at. But uh, guys, go tribe. Let's get it done. Let's, Let's do get it. it guys. Let's do it. Break it up, guys. Break it up. <laughs>